Let's allow Lisa Raitt to strut her way up to the microphone. Former federal cabinet minister, now on the morning brief today. Nice to have you. Good morning. Good morning, John. Okay, lots of things to talk about today. Um, let's actually start with something I was teasing a little earlier in the half hour, and that is that uh, Kerry Price, goalie for the Montreal Canadiens, who has decided to weigh in on the federal government's gun control laws, uh, turns out not to have ever heard of the Montreal massacre at the Polytechnique. And I get it, he was two years old when it happened, but I'd like to think that most people are aware of it. That really caught my attention too, John. I mean, for me, it was, it's one of those moments in your life you remember where you were because I was a woman of that age when it happened. So it it has had an indelible impact on my entire life. And to hear somebody else not not having it in the same kind of, I guess, high regard or same kind of memory makes me realize that there's a lot about Canadian history that we probably should be talking about more. And it's uh, it makes me want to actually mention it to my kids and and tell them the story and what my perspective was like. You know, it's it's so sad because at the time it was such a shock. It, the sad part is, is that school shootings, quote unquote, have become so commonplace in the United States, you become almost desensitized to it. But in, in that moment in time, it was uh, it was shattering. Yeah, and I would like to think, okay, so it's not a flashbulb memory for him. He was two years old. But as you grow up, you would become aware of stories like this. You know, I, I mean, we're all aware of things that happened before we were born. It's so true. But if you are in a world that it doesn't touch on, you know, it just doesn't come to your attention. And we really can't judge. We can't judge what his life experience is. He has experiences that I don't have. And he'll have memories about certain impactful moments, maybe in hockey, that I don't have as well. But it does show you that it's it's important to explain context around issues that are, are happening in the world and, and not beat up on the guy just because it wasn't something that wasn't brought to his his knowledge or his understanding as he went through school yeah you're absolutely right i guess we could call it a teachable moment uh what do you make of these uh secret chinese police stations found in canada it's an organization in europe that apparently is using open source to identify chinese activism abroad and they insist i think we're up to like 50 installations some of them are like convenience stores but effectively where the chinese government is trying to intimidate chinese nationals who are living in canada uh uh, horrid shocking Mm -hmm terrible i mean you pick a word and go with it and and i hate to be you know a little bit i would say uh, not complimentary to our to our lawmakers here in canada and the people who do this stuff but i'm just waiting for the united states to get in on the action quite frankly and they'll put a stop to it and uh and we'll just ride along with however they they deal with it it's hard for canada to deal with these things on their own i find that oftentimes we need to have kind of I guess, worldwide support of our allies in order to deal with it all together, but definitely something that needs to be dealt with. When you come to this country and you make your life here, you you should not have the long arm of Chinese law following you and intimidating you here in Canada, which enjoys freedoms and rights and entrenched in law. Executives from grocery stores, grocery uh, retailers uh, were in Ottawa yesterday to testify. They insist they're not profiteering through inflation. I don't know what to make of this because I don't have a mathematical model to establish whether or not they are actually profiteering, but they are making a whack of money even during difficult times. 
They are, um, but they did have a witness that also testified in front of this committee. And the witness did look at six years of data. They're a food scientist out in, in Dalhousie, I believe. And they said that on the food side of it, uh, the profit margins are, are pretty much the same and that there hasn't been profiteering. Where they're making their money is like any other large corporation. They've diversified. So they're into cosmetics and they're into clothing and they're into electronics. I mean, you can see all kinds of stuff on the shelves. Those things probably have higher markups and that's what's creating the, the profits that you're seeing at these companies. But hopefully what will happen is that um, they'll have a harder look at the Competition Bureau. When you have such, I would say, concentration in terms of grocery store ownership, mm. it's always important to have a Competition Bureau that makes sure that Canadians are being well served. That's the, that's the uh, you know, the put and the, and the, um, and the bid on those kinds of things. Yeah, no, I tend to agree. It's just whenever Galen Weston pleads poverty, and I think, oh, come on, Galen, <laughs> you're a billionaire. You're not poor. This is not that hard a business for you. Yeah, well, that's marketing. So they'll have to figure that part out, too. Because that, I mean, honest to gosh, raising the ire of the Canadian public during a, during an inflationary period where they are looking at the fact they got to pay another 1300 bucks in food next year. Yeah, it's not a good mm -hmm. time to pretend that you understand the pain of the common person. Not sure if you've had a chance to actually take a look at it firsthand, but uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have put out a trailer for their TV documentary series on Netflix. And Lisa, what cracked me up yesterday yeah. was somebody on Twitter saying, noted couple seeking privacy releases documentary television series. <laughs> I know. You know, I enjoy TikTok, I'm going to have to say, and there's a lot going on on TikTok but when it comes to people voicing their opinions just on that issue which is we wanted to get away from the glaring paparazzi, but here we are controlling it in a way so that we're going to tell our story. Uh, oh, gosh. You know, you the King King Charles loses his mom. He's being king for the first time. He's in his 70s, and he's dealing with some major, major communications issues, and this is one of them. And, and we'll see how the monarchy and the, the firm, as they call it, it's going to get lots of viewership, and it's going to create a lot of opinions. And some people are going to be ticked off, and some people are going to be, see, we told you it was all about all about this terrible family. And they're betting, they're, they, meaning Harry and Meghan, are betting that they're going to come down on the right side of it in North America. Um, but I don't know if it's going to play in Britain because they seem to be digging in to support the, the royalty, the monarchy. Yeah, if they want back into the royal business, I think they're making a mistake. But I'm, I'm with you that I'm somewhat sympathetic. I have to recall, I don't know if it was Ricky Gervais, but there was a comedian who did a whole routine about how being born a royal is actually some form of punishment. You know, because you were none of us had to do the same thing our parents did for a living. None of us from birth were slated to become a certain something. It's true. And the notion that you can change the monarchy from within um, has been disabused a lot of times over history. And it's it is a case where, you know, uh, we're going to have to see how all of this, how this shakes out. But as I said, uh, England, certainly the British people certainly seem to be more lining up with uh, the British monarchy than they are with Harry and Meghan in California. Yeah. Uh, listen, before I let you go, I want to give you a chance to talk about your son, Billy, and Aww. he's launching a clothing brand. Tell me about that. Thanks, John. So um, Billy's my younger son. He's 18 years old. When my husband, Bruce, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's 
Billy, uh, Billy was a lot younger and he was 11 years old. So he saw the brunt of it. He saw mm -hmm. all the bad stuff that happened in the house. So I think one of the things that's always bugged him is the lack of awareness of how young families can have a loved one with Alzheimer's in the house and the things that happen. So he came from a place where he wants to raise awareness, especially around university campuses, developed a, a really cool brand of a, of a guy who is flexing with a heart in his in, in his body and it's Alzheimer's strong. He's put it up on his Facebook page. I've promoted it online and he's already sold out of all the large sizes after like two days. So he's pretty happy about it, but he's more happy that people are wearing it and thinking and talking about Alzheimer's families, all proceeds going to charities. Okay. We'll make sure that we you know push that out on our social media uh, platforms as well. Thank you. My, thank you, John. Have a great day.